Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Yes, welcome along to the latest Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen and Gregor McGregor. Uh, Plenty to discuss today, including that really disappointing defeat to Bolton on Friday evening. Uh, also, we think that Bristol City have disappeared to a country afar. Uh, we'll be talking about that a little bit as well. And uh, there's been some talk about contract negotiations for certain players and things like that. So Gregor's going to fill us in with what he knows. So Gregor, let's begin uh, with Friday night. We may as well get this over with. I think it's going to be the worst and most negative bit of the podcast for a long time, isn't it? Because it just it was a really poor performance. Yeah, it was. Um, we, we did look at this little block of three fixtures, didn't we? And we said, oh, there was a chance of getting nine points. And um, I remember um, I said that, um, yeah, it doesn't always pan out that way. And, um, yeah, it might be like the odd draw. But, um, yeah, I don't think many people would have expected, obviously, Bolton to grab the win up there. But I, I did think it was going to be difficult, this game. Um, and that was just because um, the way Bolton played at Ashton Gate, they were never out of that mm. game. Mm. And even with a man less, they um, they still put in a really good performance and um, City found it tough to break them down. Probably got, got, I don't think City were a bit lucky in that first game. Um, of course, there was the early red card for Bolton in the first half. Um, but and even then, then they were so hard to get past yeah and then Flint got that goal which was a sort of deflected one long shot from Pack that kind of came off oh, him yeah, so yeah. that was a bit that was a bit lucky as well um, so and I was impressed with Bolton on that day I didn't think they looked like a team who were um, in the bottom three and they certainly had a lot of fight about them and they, mm. they certainly did that on, on Friday and fair play to them you've got to, got to give credit to the op- opposition haven't you and uh, they, they really battled hard and um, made it tough again for City and, yeah, City didn't have enough about them. Yeah, they, they, Bolton just seemed to sort of be... It felt like they were first to every ball. I mean, I know possession-wise, Bristol City sort of dominated in that aspect, but what do you think it was? I mean, you spoke to Lee Johnson after. What, what were his thoughts on it? Yeah, I, I did like... Um, like many people have said, I did like Lee's honesty after it and he said, basically, we didn't have enough character and we didn't show enough heart. And um, we looked a bit posery, um, is what he said. Flips uh, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. and maybe a, a touch of complacency in there. I was going to say, do you think that complacency crept in on Friday night? Because, you know, they've gone toe-to-toe with Manchester City, the best team in Europe, and then they have to go up to Bolton and play them, who are languishing around the relegation zone. Do you think there was a slice of complacency? Maybe, maybe, maybe just a little touch, but... The other thing is, I don't think you should read too much into that game on Friday, Friday night. Um, I mean, I've been watching the highlights back over, I'm sure, like everybody. And Bristol City did have some good chances. And I was surprised they probably didn't get one goal, mm. at least, because they did, they did have a couple of really good opportunities. I mean, that um, chance for Bobby Reed, where DQ's header was just spilled, wasn't oh, it? By, uh, I know. And it looked like it was almost an open goal for him there. But I think and there it, should have been two penalties. Yes, exactly. And also, there was um, a couple of other good chances. That one... Um, Bobby Reed sort of just half volleyed, narrowly sort of poked just wide in the first half, following a scramble in the box. Mm-hmm. And there was a couple of like that. I was I remember in the second half there was a scramble where it, it easily could just fall to like Brownhill's foot in the box, but, but it doesn't. No, and um, just the way it went. Exactly, it's fine margins. But I mean, the way they conceded the goal was really disappointing. I mean, yeah. I know Joe Bryan's on yellow, but he's got to be stronger there, hasn't he, against Amiobi, who runs half a length of the pitch and no one tackles him. 
Yeah, true. And um, I mean, Abby, Abby gave me. He hadn't scored <laughs> for ages, and then he comes up with that. <laughs> no, exactly. But that's brilliant from Phil Parkinson. He sells Gary Medine, and then he's got yeah, Sammy Amiobi coming in, putting in a performance like that. You, you're right. I thought Brian. I was annoyed with Brian at the time. I just. Just think, I mean, it would have been the worst thing in the world if he gets two yellow cards, but they, he stops Take a, a one goal. Sort of I, I know mm. it's easy to say that with hindsight, but mm. um, yeah, and you, you're right, somebody else should have got across. Maybe Baker was um, missed it in that regard. But, yeah, um, I thought Baker was really missed. Mm. You know, I think he would have been there to, to put the tackle in. I also think Flint is a lot better when he's alongside Baker. I know they weren't tested at all, really, going forward, but I don't, I don't think that Flint is as good when Baker's not alongside him what do you think yeah I agree with that I, I just think Baker is one of the sort of unsung heroes of this season I think he's been brilliant alongside Flint I think his physicality would have helped against Amiobi I'm not too sure he would have dispossessed him too many times but he would have stopped yeah. him one way or another mm-hmm. so. do you think that's a worry with Baker now being out for the next two games you know is is that centre-back partnership going to be under threat I mean you look at the next game at the weekend and Sunderland at home so you think attacking wise they shouldn't be under the cosh too much but you never know in the championship and if they are you know is that a worry not having Baker alongside Flint I think they've got enough um, to beat Sunderland at the weekend really really with all that about Bolton yeah (laughs) yeah Um, I just think at Ashton Gate the home factor and the the fans behind them and I also think um, well We'll see what how the guys come back and whether they're all tanned and everything. Well, yes, that, that brings us on to uh, Gregor and a few other people believing uh, that Bristol City right now are in Dubai. Now, there are a number of factors pointing towards this. So, uh, Gregor, just, just start with why you think this. Well, there's a few rumours um, online at the moment. And, yeah, I've asked the club and they've told me that they won't speak about um, that. So... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to leave that one there for the moment. But obviously, I'm sure we'll hear something soon, whether that's the case or not. I suspect it is. And I, if, if if it is the case, I, I mean, I don't we've recorded think... this on the Monday, by yeah. the way. So at this, at this point, Monday morning, first thing, we're not quite sure, but we think they are in Dubai, don't mm-hmm. we? I, d- I don't think that's necessarily a bad idea, actually. Get away from... Because they will take a fair few pelters this week, won't they, for the performance and, yeah. and the run they're on. Maybe it is a good idea to get away from all that, just focus on themselves, get a bit of sun, recharge the batteries. Why, if they're out there, why haven't we gone to cover them? Why are we sat in Bristol where it's freezing cold? Can we um, go to Dubai? Should we ask the boss? I've got a flight to make in 10 minutes now, <laughs> I wish. But, but um, you know, going to Dubai, is that not sort of... A reward in a, in a way is that not? A good, I would love to go to Dubai right now and do some warm weather training. So there's two sides to this. Is it a reward for how they've played and how far they've got in the Carabao Cup and how well they're doing the season, or is it to rejuvenate them? What do you think? I yeah, I hear you on the reward aspect. I know Sam Allardyce uses it as a reward. Um, he was saying recently about um, one of his teams that he'd yeah basically promised them they'd go away if they got a certain result, uh, and they did, so they went away. And likewise, I know um, Tottenham under Mauricio Pochettino have been abroad recently. He has a, mm. um, a summer training, well, sorry, um, a winter training camp in Barcelona, oh, um, where he has a home, and he does that every year. And they've just been out there, and they've they've strung some good results together recently. Um, so yeah, I don't. I think it's it's a good tool for building a siege mentality, um, get all the guys together. Remember, there's three new guys as well, so there's a bit of bonding maybe needed there. So all in all, I think, yeah, maybe it is a reward for the Carabao Cup run, but I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. 
for the guys to yeah just refocus all their efforts and maybe an under well I don't know if they'll be doing intense training sessions out there or the opposite really and and uh, recharging the batteries only the sports science department will know that but um yeah it's interesting to see and I, I, I trust Lee Johnson to make the right call on that. Well, often there's a few of the lads that put like Instagram stories up, like Joe Bryan and uh, uh, Jamie Patterson and people like that. And if you look this morning, there's nothing up. That. And the only thing from Joe Bryan in the last couple of days is a picture of him and Zach Viner uh, training wherever that was back in summer. Mm. In hot weather, could mm. that? Are we reading too much into that? I mean, Zach Viner's obviously not gone with them because he's down in Plymouth. But is that should we read into that? Could he be I think abroad? Somebody, somebody said that Lewis Dionne had, Dione had posted something, but then taken it down. Oops! Not, not Someone got sure told that. off. It does. Mm. It does seem like there's maybe. I mean, we might be reading too much into this, but it might be that there's like a, a social media blackout just because the, the club don't want to talk too much about this and. Fair enough. If that's the case, um, I'm sure we'll we'll see some bits coming out over the next few days. There Very is very jealous if they are there. Yeah, there is due to be a press conference, obviously, for the Sunderland game later this week. So you um, can find out them. So yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Uh, well, if they are in Dubai, lads, enjoy. Extremely jealous. I've been there once. Not to play football. Well, I did have a kickabout. Uh, we were staying in a really nice hotel, and it was like twin of us at the hotel. We had a football pitch by the beach, and we had a kickabout. And I, I wasn't. <laughs> Sounds a bit wrong, but I wasn't wearing very much, like literally just shorts and a t-shirt. It was boiling. So they will be training in sort of 28, 29 degree heat. So good for fitness as well. Yeah, Lee Johnson knows Dubai well, doesn't he? He was out there, he was telling me, he was out there um, recently when Tammy Abraham made his England debut. Okay. I told you that story. And um, Lee desperately wanted to play, um, watch the England game he was involved in, but he couldn't find anywhere. And he was obviously out there with... um, uh, the family mm. um, so he had to leave his wife and daughter and the only place he could find showing the game was a rave taking place next door Amazing. so <laughs> he had to go to this rave and uh, he said he wasn't stood there with glow sticks or anything but he just um, he was able to take in Tammy's first game and I don't know but I'm sure he might have sent him the congratulatory text or something afterwards yeah fantastic now Dubai is a lovely place if you ever get to go I, I definitely recommend it but it will be tough playing football in that heat I've only been once would love to go back you know so if you want to send me out to cover this, Gregor, it's not a problem. Unfortunately, I, I'm going to watch Watford tonight, so that's not going to happen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let's look ahead to the weekend then, because we're just coming on to that. So, whether they've been to Dubai or not, they would have been training this week. They would have had absolute pelters in the dressing room on Friday night, I, I would think, from Lee Johnson. Because, you know, in the defeats previously, he said the performance has been there. The Norwich game, he's right, the performance was there. But this is sort of the first time in as long as I can remember that the performance has not been there. I mean, there have been games, perhaps, say, the Reading game on Boxing Day, where they didn't play particularly well, but they got the result. But, yeah, this is the first time in a long time, isn't it? I mean, Aston Villa, I suppose, 5-0, but we'd sort of put that down to fatigue. Yeah, I think it was unusual. We haven't seen it really much this season. I think that's probably the surprising factor that where another team sort of wanted it more. Um, So, yeah, but... They have to move on, as Lee said. It's only one game. We've got to look at the, um, the Sunderland the game now. Bigger picture, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're moving on. So Sunderland, and then two, yeah, a couple of cracking games, isn't there? Full, Fulham at home coming oh, up. But, that's uh, huge. I think it's yeah, Leeds, Leeds, then Fulham at well, home, Leeds, then Cardiff. At the time of speaking, our manager lists mm. because of Thomas Christensen being sacked. Not known for their patience, are they, Leeds United? <laughs> Uh, so I think that's seven managers in four years or something like that. So that's the weekend after. So we'll preview that uh, next week. And then, of course, the Fulham game, as you said, is massive as well. So we'll be talking about that. But Sunderland this weekend, Chris Coleman's men sort of had that new manager bounce when he came in, but uh, struggling a little bit now, aren't they? 
yeah, tailed off of re- recently, hasn't it? So, um, yeah, I, I do fancy um, City strongly here, and um, I thought they were fairly comfortable when they played Sunderland up at um, the Stadium of Light earlier this season. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not too worried about this fixture. I think it is absolutely must-win, obviously, and um, they just can't afford to slip up now. Otherwise, that would probably put their playoff promotion um, position in In, in doubt, threat. yeah, yeah, because, I mean, what's the gap at the moment? Um, three points, I believe. Yeah, so the team's coming up behind them. It's, it's starting to get quite tight now, isn't it? Is it a worry to start looking over your shoulder? Because... All season, they haven't really had to do that until now. I mean, the gap is from to Preston in seventh, three points. And then to Sheffield United, it's five points. So Preston are breathing down their neck. I mean, there's teams in and around there. They've got, I mean, Cardiff have got a game in hand. And obviously the seven-side derby's coming up in a couple of weeks as well. Is there a possibility, you know, in the next few weeks, Bristol City might slip out of the promotion places and then have to claw their way back in? Is this, is this the time of the season when we're really going to find out what they're about? Yes, there is. I don't. I don't think they will because I mean, you look at Fulham. We've just sort of come from nowhere, but they have put, been on this amazing one, haven't just they? Sort of like, up the team. Yeah, sort of like five wins in their last six mm. games. Mm. Um, that's the kind of run you need to put together at this sort of late stage. I mean, we, we've just about done two thirds of the season now, haven't we? Mm. So. Yeah, it's, it's going to take someone putting together a run of six, seven wins, and that is so difficult in this oh, league. And I, so I don't, I don't think anyone is going to. Not even Wolves have been able to sustain that across the entire sort of season. Well, they have been consistent, but not win wins every week. Even they've had slip ups, you know, here and there. Mm. And that that shows you the strength of this league. Um, yeah. And it'll be the case. I, Fulham aren't going to continue winning all the time. Um, well, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. But when you look ahead, fixtures-wise, February is probably the on pa- on paper, purely on paper, the toughest month. And actually, it doesn't get any easier because that would be stupid to say about the championship. But on paper, uh, in sort of statistics, it, it's it's not as bad because this month you've got Leeds, Fulham, and Cardiff. But then you look at March and the toughest game in there is Preston who are vying for that promotion spot as well. And then looking further ahead sort of to April, you look at those games and they're all sort of teams around mid-table, some in relegation places. And then the last day of the season at home, Sunday the 6th of May, we're starting to talk about the end of the season now is Sheffield United. I mean, they're probably going to be up and around there as well, aren't they? That could be a massive game or a nothing game by that stage. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I think tend to think City have maybe played better at times against the uh, bigger teams or the, or the teams right up yeah, there in the division and um, struggled a little bit at some of the others. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I think the Cardiff-Leeds um, games, um, yeah, are going to be quite um, important, obviously. Well telling as to how high they're going to finish in the league and, and by the way talking about all the teams to come that is based on sort of today's table there's no saying where some of those teams like Brentford if they had a massive surge up the table that's what the championship is like they could be around the top six by the time it comes to playing them so that is sort of purely based on, on today but I was reading an article by a fan which has been published on the Bristol Post website uh, which said sort of about what was the term he used Billy Big Time Billy Big Time. So he was sort of saying he doesn't, this fan was saying, he doesn't think that that is a problem. But it's very interesting how much Lee Johnson has said in the last couple of months when he's had a chance to talk to Pep Guardiola and Jose Mourinho um, about their thoughts dealing with players when they get to the big time. Now, having had this taste of media attention, you know, the national, the international press being on them, 
Is there any chance that any of the players have got a little bit like that recently? Yeah, I mean, Premier League interest is always going to... Uh, yeah, make your confidence soar, isn't it? And um, especially with all the plaudits that come. Yeah, the but, sorry, attention. can I just say something? Confidence, confidence on the pitch is one thing, but confidence off the pitch is another. That's what I'm trying to get at. Do you, do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know what you're driving at there. I, I don't think it is. I think this is just um, a blip. Um, I've, I sort of did my some predictions the other day for how many points they're going to get this month, and I'm still fairly positive. I think they can they can get draws at places like Cardiff and mm-hmm. and Leeds. We've seen it earlier this season at Wolves and Derby that they've put in um, strong performances there and came away with a result. Um, and they've obviously had good wins at places like Hull and Ipswich and on the road there. So yeah, I, I, I'm confident that they can come, turn it around, come back into it, and. Yeah, I, I don't you think don't, it's a big problem. You don't think attitude is a problem? No, I don't, I don't. Um, I think if that was a problem, I'd think we'd have oh, seen it earlier. It would be stamped season. out, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know, absolutely. You think what Lee Johnson is like, but also like Dean Holden mm. and Jamie McAllister. I can't imagine they'd stand for any of that Louis Vuitton handbag rubbish, you know what I mean, wash bags, whatever. Um, you know, it's fine to have one of them and all that, but it's it's what goes with that and... It's about keeping the players grounded, isn't it? Who do you think is the best play, pe- placed person to do that at the club to keep them grounded at the moment? Uh, good question. Um, uh, yeah, is I it think... the manager? Does it come down from Lee Johnson? Because he, to speak to, he's a very grounded individual. He is. Yeah, he is. Um... He's not that flash. No. No, no offence. <laughs> I don't know. Look at his coat I, range. Well, he does have a very good <laughs> coat range. This is fair, but I just can't imagine he 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 would let his players' heads be turned by things off the pitch. No, I, I wonder if that's a job for someone like Jamie McAllister. Yeah. And to sort of the earth guy. Yeah, exactly. And he, he's also been there and done it, hasn't he? Sort of mm-hmm. 10 years ago, he was an integral part of that um, Gary Johnson side. So, um, yeah, maybe a few of those guys. Dean will have a word as well. And, um, yeah, maybe even Scotty Murray. Because uh, Scott, Scotty Murray is, a sort he of, is so he's such a legend. And, he, and he's great. He's a great guy, joking and that. All the time. I wonder if it could be a sort of a ruse to use a, a, a serious Scotty Murray to uh, yeah. get get yeah. the message across because you, you wouldn't really see him without his laugh and his smile. You know, worth saying as well. We don't know at all that there's any problems with attitude or anything like that. It's just that article that I read by one of the fans questioning: yeah. are, are people going to get Billy Big Time? Is that's what we're saying, yeah, isn't I, it? No problem there. No, I don't think so at all. So um, yeah, I'm sure over the next few weeks we're going to see them bounce back into form. It's just a question of basically how how long that's going to take and in some regards I think it'll be a little bit like last season where they had that blip over the winter and then that was a big blip though that was a huge blip (laughs) yeah (laughs) so hopefully the blip is is reducing in size yeah Um, so yeah Talking of down-to-earth, that brings us on to Frank Fielding, who's injured at the moment. Luke Steele uh, sitting in for him, but he's been sitting somewhere else in the stands, hasn't he, Gregor? Yeah, um, when I went to the Man City game recently, I had the um, analysts at Bristol City sat right in front of me, and that was quite enlightening, because I was able to just have a quick look over and see the incredible sort of software that they use and how they're tracking the game. Yeah. And obviously we know this about Lee's very innovative and technological coach, and yeah, all this data that they collect real-time during the matches fed in and can have an impact even on team talks and stuff at half time so yeah I, I keep an eye on that kind of stuff and then um, it was interesting to see that Frank 
was Frank Fielding was involved on um, a Friday night. Uh, obviously, he's injured at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, not too sure when he's going to come back because um, he's got this groin problem. Club haven't just um, announced just yet. But um, yeah, he was involved with the analysts and he was sat up there. And um, what happens is these guys um, uh, have got all the, I think it's six different points of camera around. Uh, maybe more, um, and they're all tracking all these real-time events such as tackles, passes, um, the positioning of the players, all this kind of thing, sprints they've done. And Yeah, and then at half-time, you just see them grab the laptop, spring to life and run away. That's it, yeah. And they, 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 run they are down. going somewhere, they're, they're going to the changing yeah, room. Yeah, <laughs> they run down to the changing room, feedback to Lee, and I think he then has a look at the data and, and will decide what the plan is, or it'll... it'll, it'll have a bearing on what the plan is for the second half and what he's going to say. Mm. It's very it's very important, but Frank Fielding has been sat there because you were telling me he's taken some of his coaching badges already, hasn't yeah, he? So he's, he's interested in Yeah, he said recently um, he'd been doing some coaching badges, so, um, yeah, it's good to see him involved in that side of things. Maybe it's something he's going to be involved in longer term. Yes, it's, it's a good commitment, isn't it, to go up and do that when you're injured. Uh, contracts, let's talk about contracts. Mark Ashton has been talking about this. Uh, potentially, we're hoping that Bobby Reid resigns soon. Maybe even talk of Joe, Bi- Joe Bryan uh, signing another contract, which could be huge considering there's Premier League interest in him. And I would say maybe if Bristol City did not go up in summer, he might be one of the ones that gets poached by a Premier League team. Yeah, um, Mark was asked about that on um, uh, BBC Radio Bristol the other day, just before the um, Bolton game. Mm. And in, yeah, in case you missed it, he basically said that contract negotiations will or conversations will take place a, a bit later this year. So, uh, from I mean, this is complete speculation on my part, but from what Mark was saying, I I kind of read that he was fairly confident on. But that. when you say later this year. What, what do you mean, like November, December, or do you mean end no, of the season? No, no, sorry, yeah, I mean, I mean le- before the summer, basically. Before the summer? Yeah. But uh, do you think those talks will take place when the season is finished? See, there lies the problem, doesn't it? Because they're going to get a lot less money for Bobby Reid if he were to, if he were to leave in summer. All big ifs, by the way. Mm. But if he doesn't re-sign in the next couple of months, you know. I, th- I think they'll be having conversations in the next, yeah, in the next couple of months, before the season finishes, um, and maybe... Maybe Bobby will have a fair idea what he wants to do then. But I I personally think he'll stay um, and I think they'll get that contract done. Joe Bryan might be a light, um, slightly different case because he's got, well... Newcastle and Everton were reported to be interested in him during the transfer window. Yeah, he's, he's got a few more years on his deal, I believe. Um, so, yeah, it might be a slightly different case with him, but we'll yeah. wait and see. Isn't it weird that contracts mean, let's, let's be brutally honest, mean very little today. I mean... We were chatting in the podcast last week at a transfer deadline day for Sky Sports News at Leicester on Riyad Mahrez. And that's one of the few times where a contract has actually meant something because he's only like halfway through his deal sort of thing. And, you know, his valuation wasn't met by Manchester City who came in for for him by Leicester City. So, you know, if if a club comes in for Joe Bryan, even if he resigns, and let's just say, unfortunately, they miss out on the promotion spots or the playoffs don't go up to the Premier League you know it, Bristol City should be smart enough shouldn't they to put a release clause in that's very high yeah yeah although um, I think I, I get the impression at least that um, Bristol City would be fair to these guys and say listen if a good offer comes in maybe and it meets our valuation then then yeah certainly we'll think about it 
Um, and I think that's maybe what the case was with Aidan Flint last summer. That mm. obviously, it's, I mean, Lee Johnson himself said that his, the phrase was he, that he used was his head had been turned, and I think he got that from his agent, Aidan Flint's agent. So, yeah, certainly there was interest in in Flinty having a look at what was on offer elsewhere. Clubs came in for him. Obviously, Birmingham was the most high pro- high profile. There were other clubs, I believe, um, interested, um, but. Um, yeah, they couldn't basically Birmingham or nobody else could agree a fee, and I think that's the way it's going to be and the way it's got to be. Um, that basically that Bristol City will set a, a reasonable fee on him, and if somebody meets that, then yes, okay, yeah, that's that's what happened with Jonathan Codger, and yeah, it's got to be a good fee, and if that happens, then maybe the player will go. But otherwise, yeah, they do have a contract and they will stay unless that fee is met. So yeah, I don't worry too much about. Um, player power and um, any players forcing them their way out I, I don't think that would be the case either I think the guys are enjoying it I, I just think the spirit is great in the dressing room yeah. you look at the, look at the banter with yeah. Packy and yeah, yeah. Flinty and yeah um, and the new guys coming coming in it's as a close-knit well, group so. isn't it for the for the new guys to come into so they'll have to set, settle in quickly but it, yeah. you know once I think the results start coming in the pitch that gets a whole lot easier uh, but let's be brutally honest here uh, by the time we come to do the next podcast, Bristol City could potentially not be in the top six for the first time in a very, very long time. In fact, would that be the first time all season? <laughs> yeah, we're both we're both looking at each other blankly here. It's uh, it is possibly, isn't it, the first time all season that they would slip out of the top six? Gregor, I'm going to leave you to work on that and put something up on the Bristol Post website uh, because their nearest challengers, just behind them at the moment, are Preston North End, who have really picked up again and sort of show it's okay. It's not okay, but it's okay to have a bad patch. You can come through it. They had a really bad patch, didn't they? They've got Brentford at the weekend away so if they won they could potentially go above Bristol City but we're confident that that the boys will get a result against Sunderland yeah I'm, I'm not too worried about Preston myself actually because um they lost Hugel didn't they recently and he was a key player for them people will say he was but I saw them play at Nottingham Forest mm. last Tuesday and they were very good I mean Nottingham mm. Forest were very poor but uh, Billy Bowden, dare I say his name, yeah. was very good for them. And they sort of played with a front three and, and looked, looked promising going forward. And I know it's a big loss to lose Jordan Hugo, but it's funny, isn't it? Same with Bolton Wanderers. They lost Gary Medine. They sort of lose these big star players in their teams. And it's like the other players step up. Absolutely, yeah. Strength in depth. Um, we'll see, we'll see. I... I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Middlesbrough made a late run with um, Pulis having a bit of an effect sort of later in the season. But um, yeah, Preston are a quality side. I, I like a lot of their players. I like Ben Pearson in the middle there, um, who I know Bristol City were interested in at one stage. And yeah, they, they're a good team. I, I'm not sure they've quite got the consistency to get right in there, but we'll see. Brentford too could do the same. And it's two years this week since Lee Johnson took charge, Gregor. Yep, tomorrow I believe, uh, two years, and uh, yeah, I think he's doing a, a, a great job. I think he's he's settling into it, isn't he? And, you know, everyone's got to know more about him and the way he uses technology and the way he wants to coach. And he said uh, to us on our Christmas special podcast that perhaps at the start he overcomplicated things a little bit. And now, you know, he's learning all the time. And you can see that. It reflects on the pitch, doesn't it? Uh, do you think Lee Johnson's going to be here for a long time? I do. I just think it's a perfect match, Bristol City and Lee Johnson. He loves and, the club, uh, doesn't he? Quite clearly. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just saying to you, wasn't I, that um, I was looking at his the first team that he fielded. Um, yeah, as two Bristol years City ago. Manager. Yeah, who was in goal then? 
well, we were just talking about this. I feel like we should be fair about this. I said, oh, my word. You said Richard O'Donnell. I believe, yeah, Richard O'Donnell. Um, and But I did guess that Aidan Flint was at the back, but Nathan Baker was there because he was on loan from Aston Villa, wasn't he? He was, yeah. So, so that uh, was the centre-back partnership. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who else was in the team at that point? Did you have Joe Bryan? Yes, he was in there. Okay. Um, Marlon Pack. He was there. Okay. Uh, now I'm struggling. Uh, Corey, Corey Smith was alongside him. Yeah, so up front, two years ago, uh, Wilbraham. He was and on the Wilbram. bench. He was on the bench. Oh, <laughs> he was up top. Uh, Codger and Tomlin was in there as well. Oh, Lee Tomlin. He's to Nottingham Forest. And the wingers? Uh, Joe Bryan. And I can't remember offhand. It's okay. Uh, it's, it's Kieran Agard was on the, oh, um, was on the bench. Um, Gosh. Well, there we are. Yeah. I mean, actually, the team hasn't changed. You know, it has changed a lot, but there's still some key players in there. And it just shows how far Lee Johnson's brought them, saying those names like Joe Bryan, Pack, Smith, Baker, Flint, all playing brilliantly now. And he, he's developed them, hasn't he? Yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting because that nucle- the nucleus of that side is still there now, obviously. Um, so, yeah, maybe goes to show that um, the, the recruitment... Um, Need, uh, has been needed to improve and I think it has done um, over the last few windows so club is always buying for the long term so yeah. uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that really and talk about it another time really yeah the growth is there for sure well thanks so much Gregor we'll be back next week when we will reflect on the Sunderland match at the weekend and fingers crossed Bristol City is still sitting in those playoff places Robins on the Wire